You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike, Pensacon, New Jersey. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. Yeah, 2020 is hard. I don't want to just blame it on the year, but, you know, it just keeps on coming. My cat died this week, y'all. Come on! Like, right in front of me. He had like a stroke or something. It happened right, in, right on the couch next to me. Just keeps on coming. So I have to laugh a little bit with Billy Mays. My, uh, my, my meme for today, 2020 be like, you guys know who Billy Mays is? He sells OxyClean. He's got like the, the black dyed beard. Beard. Unfortunately, God, God rest his soul, he died. Um, but, uh, but, you know, he, uh, he, he, he's very famous for saying, but wait. There's more. And that's what 2020 feels like a little bit to me. Wait, there's more. We need some Jesus. Boy, do we. And I want to tell you some stories about Jesus um, and uh, help us reflect and, 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 and work with what he's bringing today. And you'll get a chance to talk back. So whatever's happening inside of you right now, that's part of the process. I'm going to tell you a story about when I was in sixth grade. What does that have to do with Jesus? You know, what I said at the beginning, we're coming together. And maybe you'll tell a story about sixth grade too. That could be something you could share in the talk back. But when I was in sixth grade, let me get us started here, because I want to get our hearts moving together, and, and uh, this story will help you. So when I was in sixth grade, I was in this, like, special class where we, we, had, to, we had to, we got to start a business together, like an actual business. And our business that we started was called Inc. Inc. I-N-K, I-N-C. Very clever. Very good idea. And what we did, what we decided we were going to do was we were going to do, um, like, um, picture transfers using, like, uh, Joanne kind of glue from, like, like, you can transfer a picture onto a t-shirt and it'll last for, like, two washes and then it'll be gone kind of thing. Um, but we were selling these t-shirts. Uh, in the school store. And really the whole, you know, the pedagogy of it was that we were learning how to work together and learning how business works. All of our parents became investors and we then gave them dividends. I think we like barely broke even uh, for Inc. Inc. But what the story that I want to tell you is at the beginning, at the formation of the company, the board of directors, which was my class, voted on officers for the company president, vice president, treasurer, etc. And uh, of course, if you know me, you'll know that I wanted, I wanted to be president. And you know, it hasn't changed. I, know, I, I wouldn't be president, but sometimes I wish that I was in charge. Um, I have that energy in me. So I, I ran for president and I didn't win. It was like you got up in front, you said, I'd like to be president of Inc. Inc. For these reasons, these are the skills that I bring to the job, you know, kind of sixth graders doing capitalism. And uh, I didn't get it. So then I went for vice president. And I didn't get it. And then I went for treasurer. And then I didn't get it. And it's like instant gratification or like whatever the opposite of gratification is. I get up there. I make a speech. Take a vote. Not you. Get up. Make a speech. Take a vote. Not you. Get up there. Make a speech. Take a vote. Not you. And then I went up a fourth time. I went up a fourth time. I don't even remember what the position was. I think it might have been like artistic director or something like that. 
um, where we, I would get to help choose, I would, I would be in charge of choosing the designs. And um, I got up there and I said, psych y'all, I think you should vote for Seth. <laughs> because I couldn't handle taking a vote and not you again, you know? And so what I remember more than, than like the moments in the classroom of devastation was the utter devastation that I experienced on the blue Berber fabric couch in my parents' living room when I got home that day. I just cried for more than an hour. I was just so devastated. My mom called the teacher to say, you know, like, what do I do for this kid? Because the job that I got assigned then was assistant to the vice president in charge of quality control. That's like a Dwight Schrute job, y'all. That's assistant to the regional manager, like, maximum. And I was devastated. We're taught very early on that our, our value is tied to, to kind of how much power we wield, right? I had learned at the tender age of 11 that being part of the team of Inc. Inc. wasn't enough. I needed to be at the top of the ladder. And being at the bottom of the ladder made me a nobody, made me real sad. And that's kind of an oversimplification. Uh, but I think, I think that that's kind of what's happening a little bit. I'd like to say that I learned something in that moment or, or learned something about like what I was valuing when I was 11, but no, I wasn't that self-aware. This is the hindsight of a 37-year-old looking at that 11-year-old, learning, learning something about what, I, what my value was. I was still a part of something. Ink Ink did need high-quality, low-cost t-shirts from Kmart. And I was the one that went, this is before the internet. I couldn't source these things very easily. I had to put effort in. I had something to give to the company. And I don't know, maybe eventually I kind of felt that a little bit, but I, I want us to learn about that today. Jesus is in charge. Thank God. My, my instinct to be in charge is strong. Started way back there with Ink Ink. But now I don't have to be in charge and that's a good thing. When I was 11, I wanted all the power. I'll throw this story in real quick too. I got a superhero cape and mask for my fourth birthday. This is a myth in my family. For my, so this started earlier. For my fourth birthday, I got a mask, a homemade mask and cape. And I, I was so excited about it that I put it on and I ran out to the front yard and I told the whole world, I have the power. <laughs> this story has been told now 4,327 times. That was the 4,327th time of telling. But as much as I want to believe that, as much as you want to believe that, or as much as you think that you should believe that, and because you don't, you think you're deficient, because that's how our, our culture kind of organizes us, Jesus has the power. He does have all the power. Jesus is the King of Kings, like we were singing in that song. He's, a, he's the Lord of Lords. He's a lot bigger deal than any CEO we know about, but, you know, he's the Bezo of Bezoses, okay? He's bigger and more powerful than we can imagine. And here in this story that I want to tell from the Gospels, um, Jesus is demonstrating a totally different kind of power. 
even as he's doing something that is totally Jesus-y and demonstrates more power than any person with a lot of money could ever demonstrate. One of the famous things he ever did was to walk on water. But as he's walking on water, he's doing something that is very different than you might expect from someone who has all that power. And that's what I want to highlight today in Matthew 14, is Jesus is a different kind of leader. He's a different kind of man. We're using this question in Mark 4 when Jesus calmed the, 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 the angry sea. He, the disciples said, what kind of person is this? Jesus is a different kind of person in every manner of that, of that question. So, when he walks on water, it's not to get to the top. When he walks on water, it's a different kind of thing because immediately he's calling Peter out to walk on the water with him. When Jesus has power, he shares it. Jesus' power is for sharing. It's the nature of it. And our understanding of power as a commodity that needs to be hoarded and, and, and cut up into a pie and, and divvied out and negotiated, Jesus is doing something different with his power, which might empower us to be different as well. So let me read Matthew 14 to you, this story. It's uh, verses 22 through 33. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side of the lake while he dismissed the crowd, which was when he just fed 5,000 people. After he had dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there on the mountain alone, and the boat that the disciples had left him was already a considerable distance from land, but it was buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So they hadn't made it across the lake yet. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Walking on the lake. No big deal. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, of course. It's a ghost, they said and cried out in fear. But Jesus said immediately to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Oh, you have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Okay, Jesus is amazing. He's the King of Kings. CEO of CEOs. Walks on water. But Peter... Peter is also very awesome, right? Jesus says, take courage. It's I. Don't be afraid. And Peter's like, okay, I will take some courage. I will take some of that courage, and I will not be afraid. Let me walk on some of that water. Somehow Peter knows 
that Jesus would share his power too, because it was his idea. He says, Jesus, if you're not a ghost, call me out on the water. It was, it was Peter's idea. And then, and Jesus kind of condescends to the, to the suggestion. He says, okay, come on. I'll share this with you. Peter feels that. And, and he knows who, something about who Jesus is. He's revealing something about who Jesus is, that he's an empowerer. Because he had just done it. Earlier in the chapter, feeds 5,000 people. If you know this story, the disciples say, yo, these people got to go home. They're, they're going to starve out here in the wilderness. They need to go get some food. And Jesus is like, no, you can feed them. And then he, then he equips them to do it. Jesus is not only a person we know, is not the only person we know of to walk on water. Here's Peter walking on water too. We always, we always forget that, that, that he did it because we want to focus on how he got it wrong and how he began to sink because we always feel like we're sinking. That's part of the story. Well, I want to lift up this part where he swung his other foot out of the boat and stood up on the water. That, that kind of like, oh, let's not doubt like Peter. I think that's the energy that comes from the bottom of the ladder story. That's the kind of, I got to be a successful believer kind of story. That, that's, that's, that's what's going on here if we're looking at it at, P, at Peter being a failure here. You know, I'd never thought about that moment before when Jesus catches him and pulls him up out of the sinking and says, you know, I imagine putting his arm around and say, Peter, why'd you doubt? But then, like right then, they're walking together on the water again. They, how do they get back in the boat? They don't swim. They walk together and step up over the, the hole of the boat into the boat and, and, and go. They get across the lake because Jesus also, by the way, just no big deal, calms the wind down so they can get across the lake. But can you imagine that moment where you get, you are sinking and then you get pulled back up and then you're walking again on the water? That's, that's wild. I think that's the key that I want to lift up today. It's not the, not just the mistake. It's this, it's this recovery. It's this sharing of power. It's this empowering, this encouraging. You know, if you, if you, if you looked at that, that passage where Jesus says, oh, you of little faith and just just receive a condemnation that you don't have any faith because you've never walked on any water. Um, I don't. I don't think that you know the same Jesus that Peter knows in that moment, and that's okay. But we want to know the real guy, and he, he's available to be known right here, right now. So if we want to know him, I don't think we just have to do the impossible things in our own lives, like figure out how to pay the bills or even how to love our spouse or our children or how to be successful in business or, or how to just not worry when we're not successful in business. It's not just that personal project. It's not even just about facing our fears and becoming a healthy person. I think if we want to be like Jesus, we need to be those kind of power sharers. The power that we have, we can give it to others. We need to empower, encourage, fill others up and not look at what we have as if we don't have anything at all. Like Peter in Acts, like he was just saying, I don't have any gold or silver. I don't have what you want, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus. Get up! 
you have something to give. You are walking on some surface of water, y'all. Can we just kind of lower the, the barrier of, of wonder, please? The fact that we're here at all, in the park, trying to have some faith, trying to figure this thing out, trying to stay together in a pandemic. Are you not walking on water? Are you not on some level of miraculous walking where you could imagine someone needing some help to get to that level with you? This isn't, this isn't being conceited. I'm not saying you need to think you're better. I'm saying you need to think you are as big as you are. You are as good as you are and you have something to give. You can catch somebody up and help them walk to the boat. And Jesus, that's who Jesus is making us to be. Jesus said in Matthew 20, 25 through 28, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Y'all don't do this. I don't want you to do this, he's saying. I think he's saying both things. You're not going to do this because I'm going to be with you. But also, if you try to, remember that I said this. Don't do this. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man, that's Jesus, did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. It's counterintuitive because we've been taught since we were 11 and earlier that we got to have the power, we got to protect ourselves. It's just basic kind of psychology that we're going to create some defenses and, 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 and worry about conserving our emotional resources. That's just how it's going to be. But this, this switch that Jesus is helping us to make and that I'm inviting you to, to work on today is to switch to this counterintuitive idea that sharing your power makes you stronger. In the middle of a storm, like 2020, when we know there's more, one way to look like Jesus and to look to Jesus is to find someone in the mess with you and see what you can do to catch each other up. In the storm of 2020 and all the storms that are likely to happen again, let me remind you that you don't have to be at the top to make a difference. And we don't have to just look to the top to see if those powerful people are going to do anything to save us. You don't have to have it all figured out even to catch people like Jesus catches them. One way to trust Jesus to catch us is to reach out and catch somebody else. Even though it does seem like the footsteps that we're making are a little precarious. You know, because if you get to a level, you know, where you're like, oh, I'm walking on water. Like you might even think that I'm doing something that's hard here. And it might be as simple as just getting through your life. If you're depressed, it might be as simple as getting out of bed on the t at the time that you said you wanted to. If you're uh if, if your faith feels small, it might be as simple as just showing up to your cell meeting or showing up to this meeting. Uh, if it's, if you're, you're always shouting at your kids, confession time, uh, you know, it might be holding your tongue twice in a day. You know, that, if you, that, and that's hard. And I want to acknowledge that. And when you're up there on that water, feeling like a, like you're on a tightrope or something, like, sorry for mixing metaphors, feeling like you're walking on water, like this is crazy. It would make sense not to want to try to lift somebody else up because they're going to pull you down. You don't have enough energy for that. 
But since Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, loves with an abandon, enough to, and, and with enough confidence to reach down and pull Peter up, if we want to have that kind of power, we might also look to share our power, to risk reaching down, to risk reaching out. The best way to know what little power we actually have is to share it. We can test it out because you might not, you, you might fall, you know, you might try to help somebody. You might reach out your hand and however it happens, I'm not sure. It might go bad. It might sink you and you'll have to recover. But what if it doesn't? What happens when you try and you succeed? Don't you then have some more secure footing? Since, all this, since most of this is in your head anyway? Don't you realize, oh, I do have some power? And you might, you might be able to do even more than you expect, but you won't know unless you try. There's a freedom that leads to, to even more power when we resolve to serve. You don't have to be Jesus. You don't have to actually walk on water. But it is as simple as offering what you have. It is as simple as trusting that what you have been given is enough. So friends, today I'm saying, abandon ship. Not because the ship is going down. Love with abandon because you are like Jesus. Abandon the ladder game because there's a way to be strong other than being on top. Abandon fear so you can love with the heart that you have in the broken up shape that it's in. I can say from experience that it, 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 it doesn't feel as scary once you're doing it. But swinging your foot out over the boat is really, really scary. And Jesus calling to us saying, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Hear him say that and go for it. Let me pray so you can talk back. Jesus, teach us your new way. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords, but you don't lord it over anybody. You call us out upon the water. You catch us when we start to sink. May we have strong arms and hands for catching and strong eyes and minds and spirits to see and know the strength we have. Not just the ideal, but the real power that we have to share. No matter how little it seems, help us to share it, Lord. Help us each one to hear your voice calling. Take courage. Fear not. Help each one to trust you as they do the things that you do. No matter what it is, when it's stormy, you will catch us, Lord. When it's too much for us to bear and we start to sink, you'll catch us, Lord. You'll be there. And when our hearts condemn us and we're discouraged and we feel alone, send us each other, Lord. May we be lovers who love with abandon. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.